Jesus began to teach beside the lake again, and such a large crowd gathered that he climbed into a boat there on the lake. He sat in the boat while the whole crowd was nearby on the shore. He said many things to them in parables. While teaching them, he said, Listen to this, a farmer went out to sow seed. As he scattered seed, some fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where the soil was shallow. They sprouted immediately because the soil wasn't deep. When the sun came up, it scorched the plants, and they dried up because they had no roots. Other seed fell among thorny plants. The thorny plants grew and choked the seeds, and they produced nothing good at all. Other seed fell into good soil and bore fruit. Upon growing and increasing, the seed produced in one case a yield of 30 to 1, in another case a yield of 60 to 1, and in another case a yield of 100 to 1. He said, whoever has ears to listen should pay attention. Then Jesus said, this is what God's kingdom is like. It's as though someone scatters seed on the ground and then sleeps and wakes day and night. The seed sprouts and grows, but the farmer doesn't know how. The earth produces crops all by itself, first the stalk, then the head, then the full head of grain. Whenever the crop is ready, the farmer goes out to cut the grain because it's harvest time. He continued, what's a good image for God's kingdom? What parable can I use to explain it? Consider this, a mustard seed. When it's scattered on the ground, it's the smallest of all the seeds on the earth. But when it's planted, it becomes and grows the largest of all vegetable plants. It produces such large branches that the birds in the sky are able to nest in its shade. With many such parables, he continued to give them the word as much as they were able to hear. He spoke to them only in parables and then explained everything to his disciples when he was alone with them. This is the word of God for all of us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Let us pray together. Holy and everlasting God, I pray that you pour out your spirit on us gathered here in this place. Open our ears that we might hear and understand and see the gospel in your kingdom of grace at hand in our midst. Pour out your spirit on this meditation, O God, that it will point past me to your love and to your grace at work in the world. May it be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The English ivy, I'm told, is what I brought a clipping of to bring to the children this morning. When Keely and I, and I've told some of you, and some of you have seen the the poison ivy and the tick nightmare that has been our backyard for several years now. So when we moved into the house, there was indeed English ivy ground cover, covering most of the backyard and down the side of the house. And as the weeks approached for us to close on the house, we said, oh, it's not a big deal. Just a little bit of landscaping will help tidy things up. So we got the, the keys at closing and we headed over to the house and Keeley said, I'll vacuum and clean the windows and the inside of the house before we move furniture. The, the outside is yours. I said, why not? So I gathered some trash bags and at this point I didn't have any yard tools whatsoever. 
And I said, well, we should just be able to, to dig, to pull it up out of the ground. And as many of you know who've done this work before, those with green thumbs that ground cover tends to put uh, roots and runners down. So you start pulling and pulling and pulling and it's like watching a clown pull um, the handkerchief out of the mouth. It's like this keeps going and going and going. When's it ever going to stop? And it doesn't. And you think you're finally at a point where you're going to reach just, you're going to pull this thing out by the root. And then it snakes to the left and goes on for another 20 feet. And that difficulty of trying to control this plant and its encroachment always coming back, even with the lawnmower, I said, you know, we're just going to leave this stuff. And I'm just going to mow a nice little line, a little border. And when it comes up to that, we'll just mow it again. But beyond that, I'm not venturing deeper and deeper into the woods. This stuff was here long before I arrived, and it'll be here long after I go. As I read through the Gospels, every time Jesus starts telling a story about a farmer sowing seed, this is about as close as I can relate to. Never done farm work, per se, not on any grand scale. Maybe some gardening with my father, watching the the squirrels and the groundhogs and the birds uh, thwart our efforts, but no large-scale farming operation. Some of you know the farming story far, far better. But Jesus is trying to give us an idea about what the reign of God might be like. Like any parable, I always hesitate to tell you what it means because as soon as you think that you've got your hands on it, it morphs, it becomes something else. That's why the parables always invite us back in time and time and time again from a different vantage point with a different texture every time we read them and hear them. So Jesus tells that that first parable. The reign of God, the kingdom of God, God's grace at work in the world is like this farmer that scatters seed out in the field. Sure, there might be some responsibility on the farmer's part to, to scatter the seed, but beyond that, the farmer can't control the outcome. We might be able to till the ground and cultivate an environment that's hospitable to growth, but by sheer force of will, cannot make the seed sprout. So he goes to sleep and wakes in the morning and goes to sleep and wakes in the morning. And then just one day, the seed has taken root and life emerges anew. There's a mystery there and I don't want to say much more about it because it's a mystery. We do a disservice to try and explain it away, but the kingdom of God is like that. It comes when it wants, goes where it wants, just like that English ivy. Difficult to be controlled. I think you, many of you have probably heard that first, not the, not the lectionary reading, but the very, very first parable I read. That a farmer goes out and scatters seed and some of it falls on ground that is not hospitable for it to take root in. What I've always heard and probably preached and interpreted that that's the, the preaching, the, the grace movement, the word of God goes to folks through the efforts of the church and evangelism and invitation. Some folks respond and it takes root, others it, it doesn't. 
The ground hasn't yet been tilled. Perhaps it's an incredibly hard ground, and so there's not an ability for it to take root in that season. Perhaps the roots just get in the ground a little bit, and then the scorching hot Tennessee sun that we've experienced this week withers the plant up too quickly because it hasn't been nourished. Some folks know the life of faith that way quite well. Other plants can weather all that comes its way because the roots are deep. I want to invite you to consider that maybe we're not speaking so much about the life of faith as the life cycle of a plant this morning. But let us focus on the mustard seed as being the real entry point to the kingdom of God this morning. Some of you might cook with mustard seeds, teeny little things, about the size uh, of they're teeny, teeny little things. I was trying to think of something to compare them to. A, a pinhead, perfect, well done. The kingdom of God is like this teeny little seed. And then one day it becomes something of great stature. The common interpretation here that I'm sure you all have heard, I've probably told it a time or two, is something small, even a redwood seed. It's the size of a pinhead, and of course it is one of the largest pieces of vegetation on earth. Maybe that a small bit of faith will one day result in something mighty. That can be our faith life. But I want you to hear it a different way this morning. Not that small acts over a lifetime grow into this multitude, but that the dynamics of a mustard bush help us get an idea of what the reign of God is. In Sunday school last week, uh, Janet and Edna and I were sitting looking at pictures of mustard bushes. They're ugly things. They're not the cedars of Lebanon. They're not mighty oak trees. A mustard bush looks like an overgrown azalea bush with birds in it. Several feet high. It's ugly. It doesn't have blooming flowers that anyone wants to see. The thing is an invasive weed, an oversized weed. Somebody asked Jesus, what's the reign of God look like? He said, it's an oversized weed you don't want in your garden and brings all the critters into your garden to eat the seed that you're planting. That's what the kingdom of God is like. Now we've got a a fresh parable. So think about it. All the times that maybe you have ever tried futilely like I have to control something that has moved into your garden space. Think about the reign of God being uncontrollable, encroaching, going where it will, not being neat and tidy and groomed, being quite messy, harboring all of the things and the folks that you would rather keep some distance away. What does the reign of God look like? Where are you seeing those runners extending out saying, my goodness, that's a fresh thing. Moving in new ways, uncontrollable ways, not by our volition, 
But just because that's where the reign of God is going, it's going to come whether we do anything about it or not. That's a good thing about the work of God. It's going to show up. It's going to move whether the church has any part of it or not. But we don't get to be lazy just because the reign of God is coming on its own terms. We get to co-labor, and that's been our earliest invitation from the Garden of Eden forward, that we are called to co-labor and co-create, to till the ground and keep dominion over it, to create an environment where life might flourish rather than be kept at bay. The reign of God is at hand. We get the opportunity to co-labor in the garden. So what does it look like that the reign of God is in our midst? This has been Jesus' one and only good sermon. The, The reign of God is at hand throughout the Gospels. That's his preaching. That was John the Baptist, his one and only good sermon too. Repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Not a new story. We get to co-labor to feed the hungry. To house those who are homeless. To welcome the sojourner. To declare freedom and justice for all people. For in doing those things, we give a hope-filled witness to a hope-hungry world that indeed the reign of God is right here. Maybe not in its fullness, because we've got some got a lot of going left to do but at least in a small way the kingdom is here there's nothing more powerful on earth I think than to see a community or a group of folks or a congregation who are seeing and experiencing the reign of God come into a new season of blooming and flourishing Betty Blair and I had that privilege and and I, I wish I wish that Brentwood was bigger than it is so that annual conference, we can invite more folks to go. One entire afternoon was, we call it reporting, it's not. It's celebration of ministry and storytelling. That Project Transformation, 65 young adults are serving over 700 children this summer. There were stories from single parents whose lives had been transformed because of Project Transformation entering into their life in a most difficult season. There was the story of a local pastor, Sean Stanfield, serving in East Nashville at a church that is, the building's about this size, but they only were worshiping about, oh, probably 25 or 30. But they struck up a relationship with the football team at a nearby high school. And suddenly they were feeding the football team before games, and then the cheerleaders, and then the basketball squad, and then the baseball team. And then they realized, these kids don't have food. And so they're on the cusp of starting a food bank out of Dalewood United Methodist Church because of a relationship, a chance encounter between the pastor and the football coach and the principal. There, one of the ordinands I was commissioned, or one of the ordinands I was ordained with and went through residency with. They've started a recovery ministry in Columbia because addiction is running so rampant and lives are being destroyed by addiction. 
They've started a Celebrate Recovery community there, and they're having baptisms and professions of faith and days and then months and then years and then decades of sobriety being celebrated in that place. In small ways, the church is co-laboring, it's creating, it's tilling the ground, and the reign of God is at hand indeed. We don't get to create the reign of God. We get to co-labor, we get to come alongside it, but it's going to come whether we do anything or not. You've heard me say a time or two before that in this season as we're watching immigrant families being torn apart and separated on our southern border, that it is not a reflection of who we are In this country, it's not a reflection of our calling as followers of Jesus Christ. I think Jeff Sessions' leadership is despicable. And we are seeing the church have a clarity and a conviction, the Baptists and the Evangelicals and the Methodists and the Presbyterians and the Catholic bishops alike, brothers and sisters in faith and in faith, across the traditional denominational lines are saying this is not our Jesus this is not our church this is not our faith this is not a reflection of the kingdom of God at hand in our midst I've seen clarity and conviction abounding in the public sphere from Christian leaders why hadn't we all showed up years ago on other matters of an injustice and oppression Perhaps this will be a moment in our season of life together when this atrocious and vile policy comes to an end that Christ's living body will turn its eyes toward the eradication of preventable disease and extreme poverty and the violence and the addiction that's ravaging our communities. Perhaps then we'll say, indeed, the kingdom of God is at hand. It will come and go as it will, but we will co-waver, we'll create an environment in which life will flourish. Perhaps we'll move forward in a season, this next season of ministry, with the clarity and conviction of folks who wade knee-deep into the gospel, saying we're trying to be faithful in following Jesus Christ. Indeed, the kingdom of God is at hand. Keep your eyes and your ears open to see those runners moving forth from the edges. Bless you this day and forevermore in the name of the Almighty Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.